Hey everyone, it's Sabertooth here, and welcome to Floor is Rising, the podcast about NFTs. With me is Kizu. Our last artist for today from Malaysia, Chong Yen Chua, who I think very pertinently is a trained architect. So obviously I think that's the best example of a profession that really is you know, concerned with how to design a three-dimensional environment. Chong Yen is an, a, a good example of an artist that comes from a background that's very invested in physical space, and yet he's also been very interested in the potential of NFTs to extend his practice. So, for example, last year he... Sorry, actually just this year, he had an exhibition at a gallery in Kuala Lumpur where you know, it was an offline-online hybrid where you had works that you know, were NFTs that were on display. There were works, there were animations of avatars of himself that he had actually trained with the GPT, which is the AI program developed by the well-known uh, OpenAI lab. And basically he, you know, there were, there were a number of things, I think, that were not just the NFT platform, but, you know, obviously AI and GPT. There were a number of things that were very contemporary and very of the moment. I think. And so that was interesting. And then he was also selling NFTs that were basically looped videos from his longer works. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too familiar with, with Chong and Trump, but so I'm just going based on, you know, what, what I can see of, I think he's, um, he's just sort of starting out in this NFT journey, so to speak. I see some stuff on Rarible. I see some stuff on Foundation. Does he, and, and I see that a lot of it is sort of, you know, 3D renderings. I mean, does he sell, is he commercially selling this outside of the NFT space or like what, what is his sort of traditional commercial sales? What does he sell basically commercially? He's working in this kind of middle space where there are elements of a traditional exhibition as with this one that was in KL this year. And you can see clearly that he's designed an environment that in which NFTs are one element of it, but it's not, he's still interested in the the premise of an exhibition still. So physical space where obviously there are images on screens and that subsequently collectors and and people who like this work can buy them in, in the form of NFTs. So to me, this is one of the interesting examples where an artist with existing interests uses NFTs as one element of their practice, but they're not entirely reliant or rather, I think it's more accurate to say that they don't allow the NFT format of marketplaces as they stand today. They don't allow that to entirely influence or shape their, their existing practice, right? So they work their practice around it in a way that, you know, complements what they're already doing. I mean, the thing I would say is if, yeah, like it's interesting in the sense that I, I'm not sure whether that could be successful, like commercially speaking from an NFT perspective. Because I think it's interesting that you said that they don't allow the NFT space to shape their, their sort of non, non-NFT practice, right? Because when I look at how the way they've structured their NFT sales or how they've structured their, the NFT side of, of his work, I would say, for example, that like right now he's listed on Rarible and, and Foundation, right? And, you know, he's, he's pricing somewhere in the range of sort of 0.2 to 0.5 Ethereum. And I would say at that price range, it's probably not the best 
platforms like for his work. So I, I would probably suggest like uh, Higek Bunk at that kind of price range, right? We talked about Siobhan and uh, I would say any artists that are, you know, pricing below sort of one ether would probably be best served to sort of build their practice on a on a platform where, where basically the prices are cheaper. But at the same time, um, you mentioned like one of the critical things is, is that traditionally he's an, ar- he's, he's an architect, right? That's where he's coming from, his, his practice. And I, and I can see how that can be seen through a lot of his work. And at the same time, like is 3D rendering the best way to showcase his work in the NFT world, for example? I could put that out there. Other art architect turned artists who've come into the NFT space, they've gone more for voxels, basically, sort of like a, a voxel representation of, of their work. And I could see looking at his some of his physical installations that would be possible, like to do voxel representations. That's getting really down into the nitty-gritty of how being in an NFT space would shape your practice, basically, right? So yeah, that's just sort of my initial thoughts on it but it's it's interesting that you bring that up how could someone sort of translate from the gallery based practice slash work and how how that could either merge or translate into the nft space and it probably requires definitely letting the nft space sort of shape that uh, in a way it may very well be that artists that don't engage certain you know platform-specific aspects of NFT market as it stands today, it could very well be that these artists are going to be left behind by the market. And, you know, to, to go back to what we said about the DAOs and, and all of that, like to engage with, in the sense, to engage with that that political context and the gamification of it on that sense, on that front might be too much for some artists to, to deal with. And they may not be interested in, in that specifically. But I think what we can see is that if you look at his work, you can see that his creative universe is a very, it's very fleshed out. It's very finely worked. There's a strong kind of post-human cyborg tech punk element, which I like. And, you know, he may not just be very interested in, in that so-called NFT market per se, but he's finding ways to integrate parts of it into his practice. I think the sense is that maybe uh, existing NFT platforms may kind of unconsciously or not prioritize or privilege certain formats. I think there's definitely a segmentation in the uh, in the NFT platform market. I think one segment is um, there's an NFT market which is going for sort of digital, well, not digital native, but NFT native. So we're talking about we're talking about platforms like lots um, which consciously basically appeal to those who are very very familiar with the nft market and then there are platforms like nifty gateway who specifically reach out to artists who are not part of the nft world right they sort of specialize in onboarding artists who have you know built their practice outside of the nft world and really bringing them in to the NFT world. And the business strategy, obviously, is that if, if they can sort of build that relationship with the artist, that the artist will stay with that platform for the long term, right? Because they were the ones who brought them into the NFT space. There runs a whole gamut of, and then, for example, Foundation, which doesn't rely on sort of that biz dev at all, but Foundation relies on sort of like this invite earning aesthetic. The only way you can get on it is if an existing Foundation artist invites you, right? So it's like a sort of like an exclusive sort of artist invited platform so each one of them have their own different vibe 
so to speak, and runs the gamut from yeah, very sort of non-NFT friendly, sort of really, really educating you about, about the space to extremely focused on sort of NFT native artists and collectors. Um, so I, I guess it runs the whole gamut. And thank you. That's the uh, end of this episode and I uh, look forward to hearing you again. Bye-bye.